So good morning, listeners, and welcome to Come and See Inspirations. And this, the 5th of September, it's the 23rd Sunday in Ordinary Time. My name is John Keeley, and help me to present the programme again today. Shannon Bros. good morning to you, Shane. Good morning, John. How are we keeping? Good. Thanks a lot for joining me, Shane. And now you'll join me in welcoming those listeners who are, especially those who are housebound and lonely and struggling in some way. Thanks again for joining us, whether you're joining us during the night or in the evening time or the morning time. I know we meet uh, listeners from various parts of the world. Thanks indeed for, for sharing your time with us and for keeping us in prayer. Reminded listeners again, our program does include uh, interviews on faith, various faith topics, inspirational music, reflection uh, on the Sunday Gospel. It forms a very important part of the program. And all our programs can be heard at comeandseeinspirations.buzzsprout.com or on our blog, Sacred Space, 102.blogspot.com, also on Spotify, iTunes, and on our Facebook page. Just Google Come and See Inspirations to get us a podcast station. And when you're on Facebook, just search for Come and See Inspirations and you'll find us there. You can contact us by, if you wish, by texting us on 087-6088-667. That's 087-6088-667. Or email, inspirations at gmail.com. Now, at this point of the programme, we invite Shane to share some saints, for, with, for, for, some saints of the week for this. Thanks, Shane. <laughs> no problem, John. So, this week, how are we looking? So, as John said, we're into the 23rd week in Ordinary Time. It's hard to believe how quickly the year is passing us by. And, of course, we're into the first week of September. And I think for many people, John, you know, September is actually probably more New Year's than any than New Year's actually is because the kids are back to school, people are back to work, everyone's getting back into the routine and heading back, you know, getting back into that routine. And of course, we had the news during the week, of course, the, um, that eventually over the next couple of weeks, the various uh, COVID-19 restrictions are, are are going to be changing and lifting as well. So as soon as we have anything, actually, just from a clarity point of view, from uh, uh, the church point of view, we'll let you guys know uh, just in relation to where that's going. So in terms of the liturgies this week, um, so it's, 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 it's a quiet enough kind of a week on the calendar. So Monday is the feast of a guy called Felix of Champagne. Now it's the 6th of September, 6th of September. Now this guy, he was, uh, he's a martyr. He was captured in England and sold into slavery in France. He was ransomed out of slavery by St. Gregory the Great. So we had Gregory last week on the calendar. He was a pope and who was involved with the conversion of the English. Um, then uh, he, so Felix was ordained as a priest, trained as a missionary, and he planned to return to England, but he was murdered and he died seven Champagne, in the Champagne region. Uh, then on Tuesday, the 7th of September, so this time I've gone back to the Blesseds on the calendar. So it's a guy called Ralph Corby. And Ralph died in 1598, in, sorry, 1644. Now, he is, uh, he died at Tyburn. So obviously you can tell if he died at Tyburn in 1644, he was executed for the crime of priesthood during the uh, persecution at the time. He was, he's raised in a very pious family, all of whom took religious vows. He studied in France, uh, studied in Seville, and he studied at, uh, in, in Valladolid in Spain as well. He joined the Jesuits in 1631. He was ordained in 1631. He returned to England in 1632. And he was arrested and condemned to death and the crime of being a priest. And he was beatified by Pius XI in 1929. Then Wednesday is the 9th, sorry, Wednesday is the 8th of September. And it is the feast day of the Nativity of the Blessed Virgin Mary. So it's a celebration of her nativity. And of course, in particular, uh, we remember as well, of course, her parents, Joachim and St. Anne, who are the patron saint of grandparents in particular as well. Obviously, it's it's an important feast day, um, given it's, you know, the, the way it's described was she is the true Ark of the Covenant, the temple of God, because her body received the one mediator. Um, it's an interesting one as well, just for people to think about as well, something I came across lately, that if you think about it from a human point of view, uh, because Jesus was truly human and truly, truly divine, he's 
DNA was all Mary's to a certain extent. He took it from his mother. Uh, so it's just, just an interesting thing to think about. Then on <clears throat> Thursday, the 9th of September, we have the feast day of St. Kieran. Uh, so he's associated very much with um, Ross Common, Clonmac Noise, he's St. Kieran of Clonmac Noise. He came to Clonmac Noise in 545, where he founded the monastery, which has become, was to become one of the most renowned monastic cities in Europe. And he died at the very young age of 33, while the monastery was still being built. So very much St. Kieran of Clonmac Noise, uh, who's one of those... Um, kind of middle-ranking uh, um, saints that we have on the Irish calendar. And of course, Clonmacnoise, a famous monastic city for many centuries um, uh, up in the Midlands. <clears throat> Friday, the 10th of September, is the feast day of St. Peter Clavier. He is a Catalonian, born in 1580, again, another Jesuit. In 1610, he was sent to Cartagena in Colombia. And he spent 33 years working among the slaves there until his death in 1654. Um, the area he was sent to, Cartagena, it was a flourishing centre of the slave trade with up to 10,000 a year arriving from African colonies. A tradition has he baptised more than 300,000. Obviously, I don't know if that's how correct that is, but just, just, just something interesting. So he's a Jesuit saint that we celebrate on the 10th. Um, so then also just to remind people um, that it is the first week of the month, so we always uh, make note of the Pope's intention. So this week, this year, of course, this month, of course, it also ties in because it is the season of creation. So the Pope's intention for the month of September is that an environmentally sustainable lifestyle, we pray that we all may make courageous choices for a simple and environmentally sustainable lifestyle Rejoicing in our young people who are res resolutely committed to this. So that's that's what we have in terms of the celestial guides for this week, John. Just reminds me there, um, you clarify this, the 8th of September, a very important day for especially women who are entering religious life. Is that right? It varies from congregation to congregation, okay. John. Yeah, it's... it's um, yes, generally for many congregations and not just not just female congregations but for many congregations um particular days like days that you would enter the congregation or days that you would take vows would be around particular feast days so for example uh my own aunts um they took their vows uh for the around the feast day of the presentation of our lady um in in their congregation another friend of mine she made her final profession on trinity sunday um, you know, so it just it just depends um, varies from congregation to congregation. I'm going to put you on the spot because I can't remember it myself. Our own good friend Lorraine, now Sister Dominic Mary, is it or Mary Dominic? Uh, did she enter in September? I think, or was it December? He did. Her her entry day was the sixth. Okay, okay, okay. Anyway, uh, at this point of the programme, thanks for that, Shane. We might just continue on and pray a spiritual communion prayer. This is for those who can't receive Jesus for one reason or another at Mass today. My Jesus, I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, come spiritually into my soul. I embrace you as being already there. I unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. There we go for our first bit of music this morning. I was thinking this is because this is the first day, isn't that right, for the season of creation. The, the first is September is the day that we're actually recording this programme. But um, I know this goes out on the 5th of September. Um, I thought a nice one maybe to play to remind us all how thankful we should be to the Lord for creating such a wonderful place for us all to live. This is by Don Moen and it's entitled Thank You Lord. It's a good thing to give thanks to the Lord. Amen. I come before you today, and there's just one thing that I want to say. Scenes that I cannot see. 
So welcome back again to the second part of Commentary Inspirations. My name is John Keeley. Usually at this part of the programme, we discuss a faith topic with a guest who we invite to join us on the weekly programme. This week, I'm delighted to uh, uh, welcome on to our programme again, Father Chris O'Donnell from the Limerick Diocese. Good morning to you, Father Chris. How are you? Good morning, John. And to your listeners. No, I'm good, thank God. Father Chris, thanks a lot indeed for joining us this morning. I've asked Father Chris to come on and talk to us about Alpha. Alpha ministers, Alpha in terms of the faith Alpha. Uh, Father Chris, can you tell us a little bit about Alpha? Who are they? Uh, why did it start? And, and just generally. Perfect. No bothers. Alpha is it's kind of a faith course that probably started 
back in the late 1970s, 77 or 79, two things say different times. But anyway, there was a a curate at Holy Trinity, uh, Brampton, who who set out a sort of to create an informal course for new believers on the basics of Christian faith. So it was kind of a, a, I don't know how many weeks at the time, but just a starting point of contact to look at faith, especially maybe geared towards those who might normally be churchgoers. So it was a chance to reflect on life and faith and meaning. So it started quite small in a little one parish, shows the difference uh, like a small start can make. Started there and then I suppose in 1986, uh, a new curate, arrived in the parish by the name of Nicky Gumbel, who's very well known now in the world of Alpha. He was originally a barrister. He joined the project and so revised the course a bit, refocused it. And since then, it's been going strong, you know, and it's now kind of spread throughout the world, really spread to over 100 countries and 100 different languages. And basically a course where it helps people engage with and reflect on life and faith and meaning. Okay, so you mentioned uh, before, uh, just a few seconds ago, the, the, the people who first of all attended this might not necessarily be weekly churchgoers, no? No, exactly. In theory, I'd say it was, it began with the intention of, of those who normally you wouldn't see maybe in your church of a Sunday, which is a kind of, and by nature of that, they'd probably refer to it as an evangelization program, a chance to kind of, share the good news or learn about the good news and and see. So it kind of started with that in mind and with that priority. But it serves two purposes. Really, it's good for people who who would never normally find themselves inside a church. But actually, it's good for those who are inside a church, too, to just reflect and deepen their faith as well. So two purposes, really. I suppose the next question would be, what does Alpha offer to, to, to people in terms of maybe courses or meetings or? Yeah, so Alpha is almost like how it began. And in fairness to them, and I'd be no expert on it, but it's really, it's kind of grown and grown to offer more and more. So they've, there's their the original Alpha course, which is about a, an 11-week program around relationship with Jesus, the Holy Spirit, faith, life, meaning. Then it's evolved. So as well as offering that course, it now offers an Alpha Youth where they've adapted the Alpha course to a nine-week program uh, that's geared towards young people and to give them a chance to engage with faith and conversations about faith. They also offer uh, the marriage course and a pre-marriage course to help couples invest in their relationships, sort of, and, and again, to help them reflect on faith and life and meaning. And also, they have now are offering one of their newest programs is a a program called Life Shared, which is just a three three sessions uh, to kind of reflect on things like living faith and call, responding to God's call and taking that step in faith. So what started as one program is evolving and I'd say will continue to evolve because that seems to be the nature. They seem to be quite dynamic in how they become there and creative in reaching out to people. And just reading up a, a little bit about it myself, I just noticed that um, it's not just um, Pentecostals, maybe, or Evangelicals, as we call them. Catholics are very much involved, too. I mean, the Diocese of Waterford, I think. And this more, yeah, you're dead right. Oh, yeah, and it's running, it's running over 5,000 people have uh, did Alpha in Ireland last year, you know. And actually, they have, they found that uh, Alpha, it was offered online, obviously, in light of the the COVID restrictions. They actually found that Ireland, the take up in Ireland for online Alpha was probably better than in other countries. So Walter and Lismore, there's a bishop who's wrote in 100% behind it and wants to use it as a sort of uh, a focus in his diocese. But other parishes have been running it independently of diocesan focuses as well, I know. Parish in Dublin, the priests ran it for the parents of confirmation children as an app, you know, voluntarily if they wanted. Uh, they gave them the opportunity. A good few took the opportunity and enjoyed the opportunity. The things that's on offer there is an 11 week course. What's, yeah. this, what's this all about? How does that work? 
Yeah, so that's kind of like what would you say if it was a, if we were talking about a car manufacturer, this is their 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 first model and key model and their key key car as such. But it basically, it's eleven weeks of a course, uh, and there, it, there's three C's that is kind of uh, shaped around uh, co- connection, uh, content, and then conversation. So. Ideally, in a world where we can gather in person, ideally the the evening would start with maybe a light meal and a chance to connect and kind of catch up and chat. Then, so that's the connection. The next, then it moves into the content. So they've devised videos, uh, really well produced videos to inspire conversations. Videos that touch on the big issues of life and faith and maybe unpacking the basics of Christian faith. So that's the content and people sit and watch these videos. They're 20 minutes, 25 minutes or le- and sometimes less than 20 minutes. So they're, they're purposely uh, kind of not too long. And then that's followed by a conversation, the final C in the, in the program and where people are given the chance to share perspectives, hear from others and share their own views and see what people think, you know. And if it helps, I could tell you the titles of even the, those weeks because sometimes, uh, yeah, sorry, if it, just in case. it's So first, like the first session, and you can pick and choose if you're delivering it yourself, you know, because they have a lot of options. But the common ones would be, is there more to life than this? You know, it's a good starting point, you know, pretty much. It's, it's gentle. It's, it's a gentle program, you know. It's not dogmatic. It's not trying to convince. It's just conversation starters, giving people a chance to think. You know, if it's run right, that's how it should be. You know, it's not me trying to convince you of anything. You know, that sort of way. So the first point is to go, is there more to life than this? And then it goes, who is Jesus is the next session. And just to get us to reflect on who is Jesus as opposed to kind of a theological approach. But that relationship, that God, that spirit, who who is Jesus then it goes questions like, why did Jesus die? Uh, another week is, how can I have faith? Uh, why and how maybe should I pray? Why and how should I read the Bible? Uh, it offers a retreat experience. And then there's other things like, well, how does God still guide us? And how can I make the most of the rest of my life? Does God still heal today? So they're just, I'm giving you the titles because sometimes it helps to make it more concrete to have a sense of, okay, we're not going to be sitting down just learning the creed or the, the corporal works of mercy or these things, which will all be important. But this is actually, it's it's not, I won't say it's intellectual focused, it's kind of experiential focused and, and reflective, you know. It could well, I assume, be also somebody wants to maybe just come and see, see what this is all about. Coming from a background where, the person might need know one end of the Bible from the other. Oh, yeah, it's it's kind of ideally suited on one front to a person like that, you know, to kind of just go look. At, I just want to uh, to dip into it. it. The the plus of it when it's run well, it caters for the theologian and it caters for the person who comes in and goes, "I wouldn't know my <laughs> our fathers from my yeah. Hail Mary." Yeah. So. Because by its nature, again, when it's run well, it's it's invitational, it's welcoming, it's reflective, uh, and it's just giving people a chance to chat, to think, to experience, and learn from each other. And hopefully, kind of, if people go into it in the right spirit and know that you are not here to convince anybody of anything, you're here to just reflect together, learn together, be together. And see where the spirit brings you in that. Like, and you can go from knowing nothing about the faith. You can be from a totally different faith and kind of go, okay, yeah, that was interesting, you know. I suppose it's a great way, too, to build up, you know, sort of relationships as well. Um, Mm. You know, one of the things that I've always learned myself is it's great to hear somebody um, expressing their own experience, as you said. Look, it's very important because I suppose... We need to hear, I, and one of the things I kind of give out to myself about is I don't get people to come up and talk about their faith at church and more. I should do it more, if that makes sense. I'm always nervous about inviting people and putting them on the spot and people feeling, you know, oh, God, I'm comfortable with this. 
but I know the benefit of it. Like even when youngsters, I worked with youngsters, when a youngster would share why they believe or what they believe, it's always inspiring, you know, it, because it's not there again, it's their own personal experience, their own experience of faith and God. And nobody can say that's wrong or right. You know, it's, it's their experience, it's how they've encountered God. And, and obviously that can be, you know, we can grow in that and, and learn from that. And so it's it's really, it, it, it would, I, my faith has been inspired by facilitating the program, you know. Well, one of the, um, one of the special events that, uh, on that course is uh, Holy Spirit Weekend, I think. Yeah, the Holy Spirit Weekend. Now, I'd feel a fraud talking about it because, again, I, I haven't gotten to do it in person but but i have led a holy spirit weekend online so basically each evening of the course as i say you connect you you, you connect you, you then you have the content of the video and then you have the conversation so that's the structure you go home and it's lovely it's gentle but then they they kind of maybe seven or eight weeks in they give you an opportunity to like in an ideal world go away for a night and you have it's almost like you have maybe two or three evening sessions, but over the course of a night and a day and a bit of time to reflect. And the focus on, of those will be the Holy Spirit, you know, and a chance to pray and a chance to kind of go, OK, Holy Spirit. Again, for somebody who's coming uh, not familiar with things of faith, there's great learning in that. And for somebody who's full of faith, they just strengthen their 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 faith in the Holy Spirit and deepen it. So. That experience is important. It's an important part of the jigsaw as such, you know. And for some people, like everything, you know yourself, if if you can get away and have, have a shared experience in a different place, we tend to be more open. We tend to grow more and things kind of can impact on us a bit more. So it can be a very grounding experience. But as I say, I've only had to, I've only offered it online. Um, so I, so really from, for, for somebody who's maybe just dipping into it and taking a look at it, one of the, uh, ben, one of the good things maybe is to visit Alpha online, uh, yeah. at their, their websites and on there, as you say, the few videos, a few explanations, um, a few people giving their own testimonies. That'd be a good start, I suppose, to see. That's always a great start. Let them have a sense of it or, or, or chat to somebody who's done it is always good. If, you know, I know they might struggle, but I know locally uh, I've ran it. And if you chat to somebody who's done it, it puts you at ease. Also, if on their, the Alpha website, you'll find locations where Alpha is running near you. And if you're lucky enough, you could contact them if they haven't started or whatever. And you could join up with, with a course running, you know. Yeah, so speaking about locally uh, and maybe people getting the chance themselves maybe to experience Alpha, I believe you're currently planning to run an 11-week course yourself. Can you talk to us a bit about that, please, Father? I am indeed, yeah. I actually ran one earlier in the year. That was my first time running one. Uh, I'm a bit nervous about running it, but having run it, now I, I realise, look, it works well online. So we're offering a programme. There's some people who've already been interested and been on to me. And equally, the, the diocese is running a pastoral ministries course. And there's some people on that course who will be partaking in the program because they the intention would be that they will deliver the program in time themselves. So that should be key. There's probably some places still left on it if people are interested. Is this OK, so for those of us who would be interested, I include myself in that uh, and the Alpha course, um, what do, you, what do you reckon we should do? Um... Yeah, I suppose at the moment we probably won't be advertising it because there's most of the participants that are there. If somebody was to find a way to just contact me, or my email is chris.odonnell at limerickdiocese.org. If that helped, I, if we couldn't facilitate them this time around, the course will run again. And that's the, the plan. Ideally, it would be something that you'd love to see run in every parish in its own time by its own people. So you try and grow it organically, getting people to experience it. And then some of them might like to do it in their own places. So that's they could literally email me. And if we facilitate them this term, we would try and connect them to something. And so just to, just to recap again. Why do you think somebody might even bother 
visiting Alpha and and maybe visiting if they were to get a chance, take part in one of these courses. How do you think it would benefit the ordinary? Well, it's it's a chance to reflect on life and faith and meaning. A chance to connect with people who are you know on a similar journey as such. And it's it's I found it to be a very positive experience, both kind of socially and also spiritually and so on. And the plus of it online at the moment, John, is you can be a quiet person who might be reluctant to go into a group of people you don't know, whereas on, online it's a, a hell of a lot easier. I used to even say to my group that nobody has to say anything. You can just sit through the 11 weeks and just be a sponge and soak it all in. So there's kind of nearly less pressure sometimes for somebody who might feel, oh, God, that's outside my comfort zone to, to join a group of people physically, whereas online it's it's easier. Chris, thanks a lot indeed for for joining us this morning. Um, as in, Really an introduction to maybe quite a few of our listeners about Alpha. Maybe we might chat again sometime later on. Um, maybe, maybe a few more people maybe might might even join us here on on the on the on the program and maybe give their experience to others, which in turn will benefit everybody. So, Father Chris, as we leave the program today, uh, we like to ask our our um, guest if there's a piece of music they'd like us to play. Have you any pieces of music yourself, Father Chris? You'd like us to listen to? Yeah, well, I love music, but the one piece at the moment that's kind of struck a chord with me is a piece called Same God by Hannah Kerr. So it's just a, a nice piece, uh, Hannah Kerr, and it's called Same God. Vatikus, let's all listen to this, and uh, until we touch base again, take care. Thanks a million. God bless. Bye.
So welcome back again to the third part of Common Sea Inspirations. My name is John Keeley, still joined by Shane Ambrose. For this part of the program, we read and reflect on the Word of God. And before that, uh, we invite Shane always uh, to pray this prayer that we always pray before reading and reflecting on Scripture. Thanks, Shane. Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your Word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this Word reverently, attentively, and humbly. May we not despise this word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Let not our eyes be closed nor our minds wander. But may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this, Father, in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that, Shane. So now the Gospel we're going to read today is obviously from the 23rd Sunday in Ordinary Time. It's taken from the Gospel of Mark. Returning from the district of Tyre, Jesus went by way of Sidon towards the Sea of Galilee, right through the Decapolis region. And they brought him a deaf man who had an impediment in his speech. And they asked him to lay his hand on them. He took him aside in private, away from the crowd, put his fingers in the man's ears, and touched his tongue with spittle. Then looking up to heaven, he sighed, and he said to him, Ephata, that is, be opened. And his ears were opened, and the ligament of his tongue was loosened, and he spoke clearly. And Jesus ordered them to tell no one about it. But the more he insisted, the more widely they published it. Their admiration was unbounded. He has done all these things well, they said. He makes the deaf hear and the dumb speak. That's got the gospel for today, Shane. You might have a thought or two to share with us, please. Yeah, so we're back in with Mark's gospel this week. So um, it, it's it's an interesting one. I, that whole bit at the start about Jesus returning from the district of Tyre by way of Sidon towards the Sea of Galilee right through the Decapolis. I wasn't quite sure what to make of that site. I kind of went Googling it, and it was an interesting one. I came across one summary that basically said Mark had the clue of geography um, <laughs> because he had Jesus going around in circles. I think, I think the point that's being made is that Jesus was quite far up north and was returning down towards the Sea of Galilee. Um, and it's just, I suppose, getting across the point that he was they were out trying to spread his teaching and his message to as many as possible uh, of the of the of the people of Israel. But for me, I think, of course, this the whole the main thing this week is this account of the encounter with the deaf, um, the deaf man, the deaf mute is how he sometimes is described because he had an impediment in his speech as well as being deaf. And it was an interesting one because this is one of these ones where Jesus takes the person aside in privacy um, to, 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 to engage with them, to speak with them and ultimately to cure them. Now, one thing I suppose that people need to be cautious or interested or aware of, rather, I should say, in relation to this was that at the time, if you had a, a physical disability, it was sometimes seen as being punishment for sin either yours or your parents. Now, obviously, that isn't quite correct, but it was just that was part of the perception that was sometimes there. So I think that also feeds into that he took away from the crowd and put his fingers into his ears and touched his tongue with spittle. And the one thing that strikes me about this Sunday's gospel is very much the focus on physicality. And the reminder that that has to us you know, um, well, first of all, it would be nice if our doctors would be able to physically come near us again now that the COVID restrictions are being lifted. But um, but I suppose it was, it, from, a, from an important, from a theological point of view, from a faith perspective this weekend, I suppose the point I would make in it is it's a reminder to us about the incarnation and what that actually means, that Jesus was fully human. Because sometimes when we can have discussions about who Jesus is or who Jesus was, who Jesus is. 
um, it's very easy to fall into a kind of a dynamic where you see Jesus as being up there on a cloud. And sometimes that's referred to as being a very high Christology. Or sometimes Jesus is presented as a holy man who said a couple of good things and was a good man. And that's all we need to worry about, which is, well, it's heretical, but it's also a very low Christology. And it's this whole debate about the understanding of Jesus' nature between human and divine is something that the church has battled with for 2000 years in many different ways. But the key point, I suppose, I want to, the point I want to make this weekend is the reminder to us that Mark is very much emphasizing the human encounter with Christ. And that's something that we just we just need to be very conscious of, that we need to be aware of, that we just need to be uh, alert to when we're reading Mark's gospel. The other thing as well to be conscious of when you're looking at it is also um, the just the way it's dealt with. So it's 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 this whole business of uh, Ephata that is be opened. Now it's interesting, Mark, um, when writing his gospel, would have written it in Greek. So when we come across words like this that are from the original Hebrew or Aramaic, I should say rather, um, these, the, the, the scholars would tend to say, these are words which have come down right from the apostles. Um, that, you know, that they, 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 they come from the horse's mouth. The fact that we have these words still in the Gospels, you know, and maintained and kept there. But then if we look at what's happened and I say, well, what does it mean for me and I and you this weekend as we look and we reflect and we listen to this Gospel? And it could be seen as being very timely um, in many different ways. Because what Jesus says, the word he uses, it's translated as be opened. And the miracle is around, he's opened the ears of this person to hear, he's restored their hearing and restored their ability to speak. But for us, as we reflected this weekend, I suppose the question is, if we were to ask Jesus to open up something for us, what would we be asking him to open? It would be open our hearts, open our minds. Um, you know, when we, when I was growing up as a child, one of my uncles had a great tendency to say, you have two ears and one mouth. You should listen twice as much as you talk. And, you know, while he was basically trying to <laughs> control, like, you know, a bunch of small kids, I suppose the point that it's an interesting one for us to think about as well in terms of our, our encounters with others and our ability to engage and communicate with others. And that is something that we need to think about very much in the next couple of weeks, next couple of months, as things start to progress out of restrictions. Because we've been locked up and away from people for over 18 months. So we've, we've, we've gotten rusty at our, our social skills and our communication skills. And it's just something for us to think about that, you know, maybe before engaging, before in case of, you know, opening mouth to change foot, maybe we should just listen, use the ears twice as much as we use the mouth. But also that's just on a practical level, on a community level, on a family level, on a parish level. Um, you know, things that we need to be, we need to be able to listen. And it links back something as well to what Bishop Brendan was saying last week about the National Synod process that's due to get started, which is to be a process of dialogue. But to have dialogue, you must listen to what the other person is saying, as well as giving your own opinion and thoughts on what, what, what's happening or what needs to happen or whatever the case might be. The other thing I suppose that it, 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 the thing that it kind of encourages us to look at is coming back to the need to open our doors and open our hearts. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's something there which it's difficult from sometimes for us to do. And the last couple of months have not made it any easier. Being able to encounter the other. The other in this sense being, you know, the, 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 the difference, the person I don't know, the person I'm not comfortable with. And it's something I suppose that we just we just need to think about and reflect upon. And, you know, as as is in the gospel this week, it's you know, they asked him to lay his hand on him. They asked Jesus to lay his hand on him. 
So as we pause and we reflect on this week's gospel, I suppose one of the questions would be, what would what would I ask Jesus to lay his hand on for me this Sunday as I'm reflecting on this particular account of gospel from Mark? What exactly is it that I'm looking for or that I think, or maybe it's more a case of saying rather than A, B, and C, maybe it's more a case of saying, Lord, what do I need to open? What do I need you to unlock? What do I need you to touch and cure and let loose like the ligaments in that man's throat? What is it that I need from you this weekend? Shane, thank you very much, Neil, for that. I tell you, it would be worth us all a while to listen back again to, to your few words there. Very encouraging. Thank you very much indeed. For me, this week's gospel, just a few words uh, of Jesus, is coming to a man, as Shane said, brought by others who was deaf and dumb. There are times in our own lives when we can help someone who is deaf, maybe deaf to hear the word of God or deaf to helping others, but maybe help that person to come to meet Jesus. As Father Frank tells us in this week's Lecture of Inner Notes, that when we listen to the Word of God, we're informed and guided in our human relations. If we're not listening to the Word of God, we cannot speak it. We're done. But if we do listen to the Word of God, it's very empowering. It can be a living power within us. So this week, let's give God the chance to become that living power in us and share it with others. Just a few words there for myself there this week. That about brings us to the end of our podcast today. Thanks again, Shane, for, for joining me this morning. And also, listeners, thanks again for, for staying with us and um, keeping us in prayer. We'll finish up the programme uh, today with a piece of music by Leonard Cohen. And this one is entitled, Come Healing. So to next week, for myself and Shane, thanks again, as I said, for, for joining us. Do join us again next week uh, and we'll offer another reflection maybe on the gospel and maybe something else from uh, on, a taith, uh, on a faith topic. But until then, stay well, take care, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye now. Healing of the name
Church.